It's episode 251 of Nerds Eye View for the 24th of November. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined by Andrew. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I said the name of the show, right? I, you know, sometimes I just, uh, this, this show begins and I just kind of blank. Yeah, I don't know either. It's Nerds Eye View, in case anyone is wondering. Uh, we've got a good show for you. We're mm. reviewing, what, 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 what did we watch? It was... The Night Before. The night before, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, uh, this is going to be an interesting pick. I argued for Mockingjay, but you said let's be different. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's. Uh, I mean, we're not. You know, we're not the only movie review podcast. Although we like yeah. to think of ourselves as the best. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> of course. But I think a lot of people are reviewing uh, Mockingjay, and I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be the main thing that pretty much everyone else is going to be reviewing. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we almost reviewed Legend. Yeah, I'm still going to see that if I can find it in a theater somewhere. Mm-hmm. But before that, we've got our top ten. We've got our new releases. And uh, then we've got our base level review where we don't talk any spoilers. We've got our big guess the ending. And at the very end, we'll have our discussion where we're going to break down the film and talk about everything that makes that movie mm-hmm. that movie. But let's get back to the top ten. All right, uh, it's time for the box office top ten. Count me down. <laughs> oh God! Uh, you might have to cross number ten. Bridge of Spies, and if you did, you would be one of number nine. The thirty-three, and if you were one of them, you'll probably be in number eight. Spotlight, just like number seven. The Martian, who really cared about number six. Love the Coopers, who had a number five. Secret in their eyes. Because they saw what happened, number four. The night before, number three. The Peanuts movie, uh, which created quite a number two. Spectre, which hung over, number one. The Hunger Games, Mocking a Part Two. Yep, that uh, made all the money. All the money. Uh, that made. I think there was a week where all the movies combined didn't make as much money as this one movie. Uh, yeah, that checks out. And holy crap. And did you watch it? No. See, I haven't seen it either. So I, I, I'm getting the feeling that everybody else did. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, the Peanuts movie and Spectre are still in two and three here. Uh, three weeks out. Huh. That's not as big a surprise for me. Yeah? They're kind of, I mean, Peanuts, uh, it's the kids movie that's out right now. And... It was, you know, such a property before that people who knew about it are going to come see it. And kind of Spectre's kind of in the same thing, where it's not a kid's movie, it's an action movie. So it's the big action movie right now. Bond, that's a big franchise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks because the one we're reviewing is number four. And then the other yeah. film that, uh, you know, is kind of more like a, like a drama, uh, mm-hmm. Secret in Their Eyes, number five. That's also a remake, so... It's oh, like, I didn't know that. It's a remake of, I think, an Oscar-winning film. I think it oh. won the Oscar. Wow. Some, it's, uh, yeah. Hmm. I guess uh, no one was in the mood for a Christmas comedy in uh, November. Well, that's the funny thing. I was thinking about that. I think we'll talk more in our review about that. But the way that kind of like films are released when they're connected to a holiday, so to speak, uh-huh. uh, like they have to release them really before so that they'll trail into it. Because I yeah. think they're hoping that by the time, I mean, obviously this Christmas is different because of like Star Wars, oh, but yeah, um, the by the time the movie trails into the holiday, people they'll be they'll have a slight uptick, 
right uh-huh. right leading into the holiday and then it yeah, can they're hoping it'd have a good tail right yeah and then it can drop off and then the dvd sales will come around whenever you know it's it's yeah. just a weird thing because goosebumps came out like way, like way either early september or like late august yeah. And it's not technically a Halloween film per se, but it does, you know, it has all the spooky elements that people yeah, want I, to see I on Halloween. Yeah, and I told you in Australia, it's not even coming out till January. Yeah, because it just doesn't oh. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter there because they don't really celebrate Halloween. Mm. So that's just kind of a funny thing about, I think, holiday-related films. Uh, where they yeah, kinda, I hear you. Unless it's like, that's the, I think the weird opposite thing is films that are kind of like, like... There's no, I don't know if there's any like real Fourth of July films, but like any film that they release on or near the Fourth of July, they Wasn't try and Independence like, Day. Yes, Independence Day July? was released on Fourth of July. That's like that's the movie that everyone talks about, right? The Fourth of July movie. Yeah, and so I think that's the opposite case where it's like if it's an event day, like that's a that's a kind of a weird opposite kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah, but um, Christmas is different. Yeah. Do you think Mockingjay is going to be a number one spot next week again? Because, I mean, uh, we both know what's coming out next week. Yeah, I think it is. Which yeah, kind of sucks for, for Disney because that would be twice this year that they released, or at least Pixar specifically, twice this year they released something the week after a huge release and it will not get the number one. Because uh, Inside Out got number two because of Jurassic World coming out the week before. Yeah, I don't really get that. I think that's just kind of bad timing, in my opinion. But Super then again, I don't, timing. I don't, I don't work in that part of the industry. So mm. what do I know? Yeah, we just, we just talk about the numbers. We don't make them. Damn it. We, we half the time we don't even understand them. Yeah, we're just guessing. Maybe we should be consult. <laughs> that might be fun. What? To be a consultant. Yeah, I think we should. But uh, let's get into the new releases. All right, uh, coming out new on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, we have American Ultra, uh, which we reviewed in episode 239. Well, yeah, we did. Not that um, long ago. I can't remember if you liked I thought. I thought I, you liked it. I did. You were so surprised how much you liked it, I think. Yes, I was surprised how much I liked it. And then after hearing you and Tom talk about it, I was like, oh, I guess it's not that great. But I still think it's fun. Like, I would See, watch it again. See, I agree. Tom Tom was pretty rough on it. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually hated the script so much that it just drained any enjoyment that he found mm-hmm. it. I remember he said that he could feel the uh, the script writer in like every sentence, and it just killed yeah. it for him. Yep. For me, uh, I just saw the seams of it, and I was painfully aware of it, but I still enjoyed how fun the movie was, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because it is a super violent film. Yeah, and I think we our biggest schism was none of us could agree on what genre it was right because it was so all over the place yeah. but i mean that's kind of what makes it stand out that's what makes it more interesting that way i guess mm-hmm. but uh but yeah we were yeah that was good so and uh what's this next one that says don't click next to it all right so this is our our game that we play in the dvd and oh. uh, release section where i will make you guess what this film is about based on a couple of clues you already got the title of it it's called the badger game okay uh, I can also give you the genre, or or the tagline. There's a tagline. Give me the tagline because I think I already have an idea of what the Badger game is, uh, what genre it's in. Because okay. I feel like it's a play on or on uh, the image of a badger. Okay. Uh, the on the on the poster or DVD cover that I'm seeing here, uh, the tagline is "The players always lose." The what? The players always lose. 
Okay, I feel like this is a crime comedy. Uh, and uh, it's uh, because, I don't know if you know this about Australia, they call badgers bandits because of their oh. their dark eyes. And um, I feel like this is a comedy about a, a group of criminals trying to get a heist and just hijinks ensue as they're trying to get away from the police and eventually, eventually the police catch up with them. And uh, that's why it says the players always lose. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, you're you're close. I'm going to give you a very close on this one. It is a horror okay. film. Oh my goodness! Uh, but I mean, what you're describing is pretty close to what's what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of promotional nonsense. Okay, I, when should, it, I should have gone with the genre because that totally was different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when a young woman discovers that her wealthy boyfriend is married, she and three friends hatch a kidnapping and extortion scheme known in criminal circles as a badger game to teach him a lesson and score an easy $2 million. But they'll soon learn certain games can quickly spin out of control and that one seemingly perfect crime is about to go horribly wrong. So you are, you are right there with the crime. Just the wrong type of crime. Yeah. Hmm, Cool. That's, that's fun. That was was good because I I enjoyed the the name of the movie could be taken a bunch of different ways. And then that Uh tagline definitely threw me off, but that was cool. All right, uh, and then last on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, we have No Escape, which we reviewed in episode 240. Oh, the episode right after American Ultra. Yeah. Nice. They kind of stack like that. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, and I um, think we all kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, which was weird because I went into it. Like, I remember, I remember the episode before. I remember after we reviewed American Ultra, we were sitting down, and you're like, I think we should do No Escape. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> And I just wasn't digging it because the advertising had put me off so bad. Um, but holy crap, like that movie surprised the heck out of me and was strangely effective in the way it manipulated my emotions. And not to the point where it like bothered me and I was like, oh, this movie's trying to make me feel something. It's just, I don't know. Like, it was good. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to DVD only. Uh, I picked this one just because the name was so dumb. Uh, North Pole 2, Open for Business. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think this is one of those um, Hallmark Channel numbers. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I just really think that name is dumb. Uh, you should see the cover. It's your... Oh, I, I saw the cover. I feel bad oh. for Dermot Mulroney. Hallmark movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, so moving on to new on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh... We have Eight Men Out. That's about the uh, the White Sox game that was thrown in, back in 1919. Oh, yeah, there's some people in this. John Cusack and uh, the other one, Charlie Sheen. Oh. Am I right? Yes, sir. I'm just going off of memory. I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, no, you're right. I've never seen any of these Blu-ray films, by the way. Huh. it's. Uh, I, mean, oh. I looked them up and I went, oh, oh. those oh, are it's people. It's for, for Arnold Rustin, which is like a character in... Uh, at one show. Oh. Boardwalk oh, Empire? It? Yes, Boardwalk Empire. Mm. It's like well, one of the main one of the main dudes. Or not th- one of the main dudes, but an important dude. I think I mean they kind of reference him in the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Uh but they it's not really him, it's a different guy. Huh, interesting. Uh huh. and next up on New on Blu-ray we have Making Mr. Right. John Malkovich is a robot. Yeah, this is interesting. Hired to a PR woman is hired to promote an anatomically correct, if you know what I mean, android named Ulysses. Why Ulysses? That's the one question that I have. Yeah, that's wow. 
That's he's it. got long, long blonde hair in this one. Yeah, Malkovich, he used to have long hair. Man with a good warranty is hard to sell. <laughs> Jesus. Or fine. That is a, that's a mouthful of a tagline. Yeah. Warranty, when you throw that word in there. Warranty. Like, whoa. There's a lot of syllables there, brother. <laughs> All right, and then last on New on Blu-ray, we have Mr. Saturday Night. That's a Billy oh. Crystal film. Yeah. Flashback show the life and career of a Jewish comic from New York and his loyal gopher is a brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. All right, and then moving on to TVD, uh, we have our second of the games that we play here, which is where I'm going to try and guess if Jordan has seen this show. This is pretty funny because I don't even have to put on a poker face. He, no, you don't. You're not even in the room with me to have to hide your hide your true feelings. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in, Inside Amy Schumer, season three is out on TVD this week. Right. Um, I'm going to say... This is a Netflix show, right? Oh, God. Okay, well, then you haven't seen any of it. That's what I'm going to say. I haven't seen any of it? Yeah. I saw the first five episodes of the first season. Oh, you're killing me. And I really dug it. It's just really close to 30 Rock for me, and, it, and that makes sense because it's some of the same writers, right? What, really? Yeah. And um, I thought it was like a... Isn't it like a sketch show? I've never seen it. And it follows... It's not really a sketch show. It follows oh, like a... It's about a, a girl who had grown up from a very young age in a bomb shelter, like a, a bug out shelter where this guy who was like a cult leader told her that the entire no, no, world. You're talking about, you're talking about, uh, uh, what is that one called? You are describing a show that I've seen all of and cannot remember the name of right now. Am I, am I saying the wrong show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. I oh, I haven't watched, I haven't watched a single episode. Of, this is comedy central show. Yeah. And I like Amy Schumer. I just got her mixed up with the other one. I don't know how you did that. I mean, that yeah, was a real that was a real magic trick you just did right now. I know. Where my you made, brain, you my made me real. and maybe 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 the listener get confused and think, did I invent a show? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, wow, I was real oh, wrong. Uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's what Unbreakable you're Kimmy Schmidt. All right, mm-hmm. so it was the it was the S C H. Yeah. And Unbreakable instead of Inside. Yeah. That's yeah, my bad. <laughs> I have not watched any of these because it's Comedy Central, and I do not watch a lot of Comedy Central. That's what I thought. See, you're right, buddy. You're right. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's rare when I'm the person who's supposed to know what's going on, and I'm wrong. Uh, all right, so that's what's new on all the DVDs and stuff. What? Oh, we're gonna do our review. That's right. I'm like, what comes next? Yeah. How wait, wait. What do we? How do we do on this show? Oh man. Uh, coming up uh, right after this, we'll be back with our review of The Night Before. Yes, wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Yes. Where are the white women at? Shut up, Leonard. I found you. Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, and if you like community and you'd like to hear us talk about it every week, you can go to BenviewNetwork.com slash shutupleonard. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider. Shut up, Leonard. Pop, pop. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the borough, the children were snuggled, their presents wrapped thorough. But this tale's not about presents, or Santa, or ponies. It's about three dudes, three bros, three ride-or-die homies. 
gentlemen. 14 years ago to this very night, I lost my parents. And you guys have been with me every single Christmas since then. You knew. But tonight, we have decided to end this tradition. Chris is just too famous to hang out with us anymore. And Isaac's about to have a baby. You have been such a rock throughout this whole pregnancy. So now just focus on yourself. Whoa! Dreams? Is this cocaine? You haven't done cocaine for 11 years, I don't think. Yeah, no one has, I don't think. Holy... I have a present for you. We're going to the best Christmas party in New York City. So that gives us several hours to hit as many traditions as possible. Oh! To the end of an era. I think the cocaine and the mushrooms are reacting poorly. You look insane. Only your right eye is working. Do I look weird now? Yes, you look weird. Still weird. Weirder. You guys missed her singing Miley Cyrus. She destroyed Wrecking Ball. You still like that song. Everybody does. You can cry to it. You can run to it. Yeah. You can party to it. Timeless. I came in like a wrecking ball. I never hit so hard. I'm gonna be honest. I'm freaking out about having the baby. I'm supposed to be a rock, but I'm not a rock. How wasted are you right now? Hallelujah. Not that kind of church. No. <gasps> Who's that guy? What guy? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Is that what they think we did to him? Yeah. Can they tell I'm Jewish? Yes. Uh. Your sweater. <laughs> Don't you dare throw up in here. Swallow it like a girl would. I need a barf bag. There's no barf bag. Is it still happening? It's still happening a little. We did not kill Jesus. We did not do that. I came in like a The Night Before, directed by Jonathan Levine, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, uh, uh, Julian Bell, Lizzie Kaplan, Michael Shannon. You know, lots of people. People. Lots of people. Lots of funny people. Yeah, there's a good amount of funny people in this. Uh, right, right up top, Tracy Morgan, kind of narrating. Is it okay? I gotta make a confession. I went to the bathroom when all the, all of the. Uh, I know I I have the worst bathroom times for moving. Uh huh. I really need to get that pee out. Um. Uh, right when all the trailers ended, because I had to see them. Which, by the way, uh -huh. I really want to see Fifty Shades of Black. Um, Wait, what? You didn't see that trailer before this movie? No. Fifty Shades of Black is that's, a spoof. That's not, oh, it's a spoof. Fifty Shades of Gray, and oh, it's all weird. black people. <gasps> what? And it's real funny. Shut it your looks, mouth. There were two. Looks, there were two trailers that played before mine that I want. I really want to see. I don't remember at all what the first one was, but the second one was. Um, uh, what the hell was it called? It was called like How to Be Single or something. Oh yeah, that looks funny. It had the the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey, and, and yeah, the that that comedian for uh, uh, from um, from uh, you know those movies. I can't remember her name either. Wow. Uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. That looked hilarious to me. Yeah, that looked funny. And the other one, I don't remember what the name was at all, but I just remember going, oh, so, yeah. I really want to see that. Fifty Shades of Grey looks really fun. Or uh, Black looks pretty good. What the heck? Hold on. Wait, I almost remember what the movie was. Shoot. Oh, um, well, I think I already knew I wanted to see this. The Brothers uh, Grim Grimsby. You know, You don't know what that is? No, Brothers Grimsby. It's got that um, the guy who played um, oh shit, what the hell was that movie called? 
what is anyone's name anymore? What, what, what was the, um, uh, the Secret Service Kingsman? The guy who played mm-hmm. Merlin in that? Yeah. You, you remember that guy? Yeah. He's like a spy. And then, the, but the whole trailer is like, the only thing more dangerous than him is his brother. And his brother is um, played by the guy who played Borat. Oh yeah, I saw the trailer for this too. That looks and, funny. and his brother's like a complete idiot. And I'm like, yeah, no, that looks. I already funny. wanted to see that, and now I just really, really want to see that. And um, what's his name? Sasha Baron Cohen is, is the Borat guy. His name here? No, Mark Strong's the shit. Oh, Mark Strong, yeah. He was a bomb in Phantoms. No, wait, that's somebody else. In what? He was a bomb in Phantoms. I don't know what that. I don't know what any of those words mean. That's a. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith joke from what? Silent Bob. Okay. I don't know why I don't remember that. I don't know why you don't know that either, because it's whenever they talk about uh, what's his name, Batman. Michael Keaton. Not, not Chris. Not Christian Bale. Val Kilmer. Nope. The Val new Keaton. Batman. Oh, what? Oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Whenever they talk about Ben Affleck in like almost any Kevin Smith movie, they always bring up Phantoms and say Ben Affleck was the shit in Phantoms. Oh, weird. I don't, I don't, yeah. Uh, somehow I don't know that. Wow. Okay. And this has been uh, <laughs> movie trailer reviews and old references that the other co-host doesn't know. Yep. Let's do this. Pretty much. Yep. All right. So um, this film. I, the night before. I wanted to. Okay. Oh, so I, oh, huh. hey, this all came off effect because I was in the bathroom, so I didn't see because the trailers ended and I'm like, they're going to do their fake little like movie crap. You know oh, yeah. what, what, what theater did you go to? You're out, you're out in to an AMC. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the time I came back, the movie was already going. So did it show him at the beginning of the movie? Oh yeah. It was super awesome. I mean, it didn't show him, but I knew it was his voice. He, oh, uh, see, I didn't. there was like that classic, you know, book animation of a, of a book opening when they're telling a Christmas story. Right, right. And it had like, all this neat little, you know, their little opening credit stuff, but it was fit into like story stuff. See, I walked in after all of that oh, and man. was just them walking around and him finishing the story. And uh-huh. I didn't recognize his voice because I was like getting into my seat. Oh. So it was a surprise for me at the end of the movie. Yeah. Let me tell you, I, I went to a different theater than I normally go to. That's a Pacific, some, some kind of Pacific theaters. I don't know what Pacific they're affiliated with, but, uh, um, well, so I got in there as the trailers were going uh-huh. and for some reason this theater, when the trailers start, they just, all the lights are out already. So I was nice. like, Oh, Oh God. Like where I didn't know where it was good to sit because everything was so dark. I was like, I don't want to accidentally sit next to someone. It was that dark. And, uh, but it was fine. It wasn't that packed because I saw it this morning. Like it wasn't, <laughs> not a lot of people go, go out in the morning, see a film. That's why I go in the morning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so I'm looking at this director. What else he's done? Uh-huh. He's done some crazy stuff. He's done something that you like, something that I thought was okay, something that I've been meaning to see. He's, he, so he, he's the same director behind Warm Bodies. Oh, which I thought was good. 50-50. Which I thought was which good. Which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Uh, the Wackness, which is a film I've been meaning to see. Huh. And then a horror film that was held back for years, uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so he did The Night Before, and he's going to be doing... Uh, he has a lot of projects here listed that are coming up, so... Wow. 
looks like he's coming up and with you know with actors like this and he can get good performances out of them and make a funny film that's uh that's talent i think no that's cool good for him anyway he also worked on the screenplay along with like four other names yeah but he gets story credit so it came from him it just got touched cool. up by everybody else that came on <clears throat> Of course, that's what usually happens. Mm. And it's because I think there's so many uh, comedians in this film uh-huh. um, that there was probably a lot going on of, hey, let's make sure that this sounds like this person. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. fits their acting style. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why there's a bunch of rewrites. They uh-huh. were working on their jokes. Because mm. you, see, you see the booper wheel, uh, reels that come out after the end of the movie where they show like, the 15 takes of a scene yeah. where it's like someone saying something nasty and there's like 15 different versions. Well, you even already, you can catch that in like the trailer where you see they used yeah. a different joke. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Or they so, cut, yeah. they cut a joke short and you go, Oh, that was in the in longer in the trailer. Yep. Uh, which I kind of want to talk about real quick. The, how the trailer portrayed this movie versus how it actually is. Oh yeah. Go for it. Uh, I, like the trailer just made it sound like, oh yeah, they get together because you know this guy doesn't have any family, and they go out and they party and they have a good time every time, mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, we're having all this good time every time. And the movie was actually, even though it's a comedy, it was a little bit, I don't know if I want to say darker, but it was just like more realistic about like what what their lives are, right. in a weird sense. And then also uh, a note that you have magical realism. There was like some really strange transcendent moments in this film. Yeah. That where stuff was like, you really don't oh, get from the trailer at all. No, the, the trailer portrays nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I love, uh, in the actual film, the, uh, the setup is so quick and it's, it sets them right on their journey right away, which I think the trailer I, th- I thought was, um, like made it look like, Oh yeah, they're just going to meander for a long time. No, this movie has a pretty good pace. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, so let's start talking. So we already kind of talked about the narrative, in a sense. Mm-hmm. There's not... Um, the narrator, I mean, uh, Tracy Morgan, he just kind of starts it and then finishes it. It's not like he's there throughout. Yeah, he's not an active participant in the story. Yeah. Uh, but when he shows... I mean... I don't. I mean, I don't want to say too much, but you do How see him at the end, and it's and it's fantastic. Yeah, spoiler stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this whole movie is kind of built on this idea of what what is Christmas, mm-hmm. and what it means to people, mm-hmm. what it represents for them. Yeah. Oh, I have a weird. I didn't write this down, but this is something that. Uh, it, I was like, oh, I I guess they didn't want to take it that way. Um. So when they start the film, it's like, oh, in 2001, uh, what's his name? Ethan, his parents um, died, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, 2001, right after Christmas, his, or right, right before Christmas, his parents died. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, 9-11. Yeah. Like, that's what, immediately what I thought. And then later on in the film, they say, oh, it's too bad that uh, they died in that car crash. Yeah, I was like, oh. what he says. Do you think that was changed later? Or what do you think is the point of that? It's possible. Because that just seemed to me like, I guess maybe they didn't want to make it like even a little political, but it yeah. just, it would make more, it made sense to me immediately. Like they didn't even, they wouldn't even had to have a car crash line. I just would have been, okay, I get it. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it would have made one scene kind of weird because he's cleaning out his parents' house in one scene. Uh-huh. And 
it's like like Christmas Eve. And he, that's when he's starting to clean everything out. Well, that's That'd be true. pretty far after September to go do that. Huh, okay. I don't know. It just seems like they should have either picked a later or earlier year. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, we- a really specific year. Yeah, because here in America, and especially the fact that he lives in New York. Yeah. Um, lives in New York. I mean, there's we all ha- kind of have that connection in our heads here. Uh huh. Um, and it's hard to distinguish that year from what happened. Well, and it just, it was really strange because it was like, this is their 14th year. It wasn't even like a landmark year. It's like, oh, 14. Yep. I don't know. It just, just and it started when they were like 19 and now they're 33 or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. huh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm trying to see things where there are no things. Yeah. Uh, so I think we, I mean, all three of these leads are very funny. Oh yeah. They're great. Um, and I, I think I've, I've always loved, uh, Anthony Mackie in films. Yeah, he's really good. And I think here he really gets to, you know, play with comedy in a way that I don't think he's been allowed to in a lot of other films. Right. So I'm just very glad. And he's, he's such a big, he's, he's one of the three. So he's got a pretty big role. Yeah. So that's nice. I mean, there's big sections of the plot that deal directly with what's happening with his character. They, they all get... The great thing about this movie is we have three protagonists. Like, yes, it's about, it's about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's loss and the fact that they are doing this thing for him, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, for him. But the, the movie gives equal time to each of their three stories and how their life is changing around... Because there's a journey with this event. They yeah. all start in one place and end up in different places, mm-hmm. places they didn't think they would end up in. And, um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it does a really good job. It didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? They didn't have to be full-fledged, rounded main characters, but they, they, were, they did. And it's, it's really cool that the, the writing could get that across. Yeah, I, I really think all the story beats here are very good. Uh, nothing, nothing is like confusing. It doesn't make sense. I was, I was actually worried because uh, also in the trailer, there's a scene uh, in a church mm-hmm. uh, that is in the film. Uh, and you're but like, how did he get there by himself? I, well, not only that, I thought, oh, I guess they're continuing it because that that made sense to me as happening after the night of craziness. Oh, you you didn't know about midnight mass? Well, I didn't think of it. Oh, I, yeah. I know about it. I just didn't. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is. I mean, it looked like he was recovering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see what you mean because he's because in the trailer we'll talk about it because it's in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, he's he's throwing up, so yeah. that's usually the action of someone who's hungover. Yep. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I went to midnight mass once. It's uh, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was I liked that 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 fit into the story in such a way. Um, like I I think all the all the parts of the story were very it was and it was fun. It was all of it was was exciting and funny and. I laughed out loud a lot in this movie. Yes, I did too. I didn't expect it. In fact, mm-hmm. I laughed hard pretty early, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, this yeah. is—if this is going to be the level of writing, I'm going to be pretty happy with this." I mean, there, I think there was a shining reference in there just for me. Oh God, that was so good. Yes. <laughs> and his his follow up after that to explain why he's talking the way he's talking. Yeah. Like I'm like, yes, yeah, like he's right, but he's also excusing his behavior. Yeah. And it's really good. Um, but yeah, so this, this film is kind of based on the whole idea of what Christmas is and then taking those ideas and turning them Mm -hmm. like, um, 
I really enjoy it. There's, there's a character who shows up. I'll say more in the discussion, but there's a character who shows up who literally describes himself as the Grinch. And they, do, do you want to, can uh-huh. I, can I at least say what her name is in the credits? Oh yeah. What is her name in the credits? Rebecca Grinch. Oh my God. Okay. And she also, literally her name, she kind of cites other Christmas villains, but not like Christmas villains, but like, uh, the, the bad guy from Die Hard or, right. yeah. Um, Hans Gruber you know, or um, there was someone else and I was just like oh my god this this woman is insane and I love it yeah that's uh, awesome there and there was a lot of that going on where it's kind of like what you know what do, what do we expect of a Christmas film and then taking that to a weird new level of because of each insanity. of the villains she talked about were villains in movies that happened around Christmas yeah yeah so that was so I don't know it was just real good it was yeah and it's and it's kind of interesting how She's specifically a villain for one of the, each of the three characters kind of goes through their own journey, as you were saying, and, and she's specifically a villain for one of them. And it's, yeah, uh, I think that was interesting that it wasn't so much the group was fighting with each other, but it was that each of them had kind of um, their own an, thing an that they obstacle. had to go through. Yeah, they were, they had obstacles in their path mm-hmm. that didn't always affect them as a group, but definitely each person had to deal with. And that, that's really smart writing. I feel like, I mean, the hangover movie is simple good, but when it comes down to it, like, everything kind of happened to them as a group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were kind of always dealing with stuff together. Even if one of them was separated, it always affected the entire party. And in this, it's like three people were together, but they each had their own separate journey while they were together. And that's, I don't know how they accomplished that. That's really well done. Mm-hmm. And and you'd kind of think it would get a little boring after a while that Seth Rogen's whole bit is that he's taking way too many drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that they keep upping it and it keeps it keeps getting more interesting as it it's goes along. Because, it's because of the fact that it's a cocktail uh-huh. of all these different things uh-huh. that they have so many different things they can work with. Yeah. Like so many different effects they can do with the screen. and like, he's like, It can change him as a character and how it's changing his body and his personality. It was, it was really funny. And Anytime the camera went on him and you saw him pop another drug, everybody in the everybody in the room laughed in yeah. the theater because they knew that that meant something else crazy was going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Uh, and then his the whole payoff to to the um, his uh, his his I mean I'll just say he has a problem with his phone at one point, and that becomes kind of a big a big narrative thread for him. And the payoff on that, I think, is fantastic. Oh, it's real funny. I think it's better than I ever expected. Are you talking about the... There's two payoffs. There's a payoff in a club and then a payoff in the hospital. Which payoff? Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. In the club, definitely. Oh, God. The, the hospital one's all right, but the, the club one is where... Oh, my goodness. That was... That one's so... That was really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that's just good writing. That's just smart writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've come this far and we haven't even talked about Mr. Green. It was a character played by Michael Shannon. I love, I just want to say right now, I love Michael Shannon. Uh huh. He's, he's so good. He's, he, I have yet to see him in a, I wouldn't say a bad movie because he's definitely been in, in a lot of movies now. And Uh he's, I like how much he's working. Um, but I have yet to see him give bad performance. He's always great. Yep. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed... He was a real surprise for me because I didn't even know he was in this film. Me neither. And when he shows up, I was excited. And then he he's not just a one, one you know, a cameo style. He 
he's there. He's a real character. He's, yeah, he's a he's he's a he's a character and kind of a force in the movie. Yes. Which, you know, that's the that's the other thing taking like taking a Christmas trope of, you know, on Christmas there's magical things happening. There's things yeah. that you can't explain. There's things that, you know, people people see but they don't believe. And that's kind of a that's a fun way to take it. Yes. Where he's good. he's their, you know, their high school drug dealer. <laughs> but but uh, and no spoilers, he's also so much more. Oh yeah. No, I love it when, when a movie can can take that moment and go, let's let's be a little crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this movie was really funny. It was. I think we can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. It's definitely I mean <clears throat> I think I think I always bring it up, but I, I'm very particular about the movies I suggest people see in the, in the theater, uh-huh. you know, about uh, what kind of movie is best for the movie going experience and what you should wait for. That it wouldn't matter if you watch it at home, but seeing this with a bunch of people and especially like, I think going to this with a group of friends would be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Cause everyone would really enjoy it because it really captures the friend mechanic and, and the way groups of friends deal with each other but also deal with like oh you know this one friend is a bunch of friends at work and how does that interplay with the rest of the group of friends that you have you know mm-hmm. like there's the whole you know social mechanic it's it's awesome it's really cool yeah i really enjoyed uh, just like there was a moment where um what seth rogan and uh joseph gordon levitt are alone and joseph mm-hmm. gordon levitt is He's like, he's saying, we got to say something to, to Anthony Mackie. And Seth Rogen's like, you know, sometimes when you're, you, you have to say something really hard to a friend and, and it's really hard to say it. So you don't really know how to say it, even when the moment comes up, because that's mm-hmm. exactly the moment that he's experiencing. Because yes, Seth Rogen wants to talk to Joseph Gordon-Levitt about, you know, how he's going on in his, life. in his life and he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. That was so funny to me. And it was so like unrelated to a Christmas gag or, you know, any of those things. It was just funny, you know, a thing of, of weird friendship things. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, but at the same time, it's extremely poignant to like the way friends are with each other. Yeah. (sighs) It's good stuff. Everyone, everyone. I mean, I was, I thought the trailer was funny, but I wasn't expecting a lot out of this film. And now I think a lot, I think people should see it. Oh, yeah, I kind of want this to be like a new elf. Yeah, I know this kind of like elf appeals to kids in a way, and this this definitely this, know, this is, is not, not for, children, for children. Even though a child no. was in the theater that I went to, I'm I'm so glad. I don't think anyone was there with mine, so thank God. Well, there is at least I think this kid was somewhere between ten and 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 thirteen. So oh well, he's already shooting people in Call of Duty. He's fine. <sighs> See, I just I still don't think that's cool. I don't either. I'm uh, but yeah, it's like, um, I know it can't appeal to children even though, but I want it to reach like elf level where, uh, you know, five years down the line we're, we're quoting it and we're watching it still. Yeah, I want this to be a cult hit because a lot of people saw it. Yeah. It's funny. It's real funny. I think we should wrap up the review. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get back into it with a discussion later, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, definitely go, go see it. This is really funny. It's like funnier than, than you think. Yeah, it's if you're looking for a comedy, this is what you should go watch. All right, let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. Uh, we what's coming have, out new in theaters? Uh, coming out this weekend, or I mean, probably on Thursday. The way they do Thanksgiving releases or whatever. Crap, they do like Wednesday now. Yeah, uh, the Good Dinosaur, Creed, Victor Frankenstein, and the Danish Girl. Oh. 
What do you think about Frankenstein being released so late? We talked a little bit earlier about a holiday uh, style. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a movie that I feel would have benefited from a Halloween release because yeah. it just feels so out of place now. Yeah, that's weird. It just feels weird coming out, Was especially there? because they're doing they're Sherlocking it. You know what I mean? They're they're guy riching. Yeah, guy riching it. That's what you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I meant that's what I meant. But uh Well you said Sherlock just, and I immediately thought of the BBC show. Yes. That's why I corrected myself because yeah. I said it and thought of the BBC show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, No, that's not what I wanted to bring to mind. Um but they're totally doing that and it just doesn't make like this is not the time where I would go see a dumb movie about Victor Frankenstein being Guy Ritchie-fied. Like, yeah, just, I think that's somehow... That's not what I'm in the mood for. Do you think they just didn't want to push this back to January? I think this would be a great January release. Not to not to say anything bad about the film, but... That I, I don't even... Haven't even seen yet. Um, because the, usually January, February is where they dump, you know, like... Uh, these are, you know... These are films. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just weird. I agree completely with you. It should have come out earlier. I they've been advertising the crap out of it. I mm. mean, at least I feel like we've probably seen the trailers more because we see so many movies, but yeah. uh, I've just seen this trailer so many times. I'm just sick of it. And it should have come out earlier. I was, I am constantly surprised that it hadn't come out yet. And now mm. at this point, I'm just like eh, shrug. You know what I mean? Mm. So, all right. So uh, before we get to guess the ending, let's give out some thanks starting with, Silent Partner. Thank you, Silent Partner, for your theme, your song, Sophomore Makeout, which is our theme song. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library. Uh, you should check out uh, Justin Keyson. He did our logo. Uh, he's on Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. It's yeah, a website. website. Huh? Yep. That's a good website. Yeah, and you can read about uh, nerd things there. Uh, he, he always writes about what's coming out new in theaters. Um, they also do comic book reviews. They do video game stuff. They've uh, got their fingers in a lot of nerd stuff. Yeah, one of their writers is the guy who was who is the voice of um what's his name? Jonah in the Tomb Raider stuff? Oh what? Yeah, do you didn't know? I met him. I, He's cool. I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost done with the Tomb Raider stuff, but that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you can meet him. Uh, uh yeah, I know what happens to Jonah, so spoilers, but oh, that's no. cool. Uh yeah, um, if you like podcasts, which I hope you do because you're listening to one right now. Yeah, please. Uh, I hope so. And if you also like the television show Community, you should check out the podcast I do with Matt Benson called Shut Up Leonard, uh, which is every week we talk about a different Community episode. We're actually almost done. Uh, we're so close to being done that I didn't even realize how close we are to being done. Wow. Uh, I th- we'll be done by the end of the year. Um, and Are you gonna be okay, bud? that'll be it for shut up Leonard until they make the movie or something. It's, it's really crazy. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'll be fine. Me, Benson and I are, are, we've workshopped an entirely new show that we're going to do. I'm not doubting that because Benson workshops a new show in his sleep. I know he, he, yeah. Uh, speaking of shows that Benson and I do together, uh, also check out the podcast, pick your path, which is a choose your own adventure style enhanced podcast. Uh, where it's uh, the first season is all wrapped up now, but there are six uh, stories uh, of in the style of choose your own adventure stories that are original stories written by myself, uh, Matt Benson and David King. Uh, right, go right. check those out. Uh, if you're using a, an Apple product, they'll play just fine where 
uh, you you make decisions in this as the story goes along by picking different chapters. Uh, if you're not on an Apple product, you're going to have to download uh, some special software. I, I'm pretty sure Downcast, the app <coughs> I use, uh, has a Android app, and that one does support chapters. So we'll we'll have to check on that because um, if for some reason I think chapters are different on Android. I don't know why, because Pocket Cast uh, doesn't support them at all. And the last time I tweeted at them, they said we're working on it, like as if it's difficult. Huh. So um, that's a whole thing. But you're you know, right. Uh, Downcast is not on Android. Yeah. See, it's a uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. But uh, you could you should check it out still because it's a good time. And uh, we we also released some you know for each episode there's a there's a release that we call the ultimate pathway, where we make the decisions for you because those are the decisions that lead to the best ending. Nice. So you, if you just want a good story, just go to that. Uh, if Tom was here, he'd tell you about Optograb.org and Readwave.com and his short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. Go to Optograb.org for more information. Jordan? I do a little bit of streaming on Twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly. Uh, we just recently wrapped up a Play for Paris charity. We uh, raised some money for disaster relief over there to help out the families affected by the uh, attacks. Um, and uh, this week... We've got kind of an interesting schedule because of uh, Thanksgiving coming up, but we'll definitely be streaming, so check with us on Twitter at GA Weekly. And, um, yeah, definitely come by. If you're into video games, we play everything, pretty much. I'm I'm going to be playing Fallout 4 once again. Oh, um, man. And it's, it's real good. Um but I mean, that's it. You can definitely uh, follow me at TrueValk on Twitter because I do some posting on there. I share some stuff on there. Um, usually it's cute animals or <laughs> uh, funny videos. And uh, oh, what's your Twitter? Uh, I'm at Podcaster Andrew. Nice. That's my Twitter. And if you like podcasts, you should check out all the great shows on the Benview Network. That's BenviewNetwork.com. And uh, our personal website for Nerds I View is NEVPodcast. Dot com. You can email us with your thoughts, concerns, reviews, critiques, something, whatever's any of you podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Yeah, five star only reviews, people. Yeah, review us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever you listen. If you can, you say, can review if you can us, review whatever it. I want. Whatever we want. But you should uh, don't write anything about the podcast itself, but do your own guess the ending for any movie you like. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, and then on Twitter at NEV Podcast. And uh, also, I'm the entertainment editor over at the Union Weekly. Uh, you can go read uh, more things that I've written there, uh, lbunion.com, or listen to their podcast, which I make, which is at lbunion.com slash podcast. And I heard that's real good. Good. You should give it a listen. I am. I... It's really it's a weird insider kind of thing because the whole podcast is about how we put together a magazine. I mean, that for anyone who's interested in journalism, um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I try and make it like at least narratively interesting. Um, I'm, cool. a, I'm a bit behind on those episodes, but you know, uh, when they come out, they'll still be good. Like it's not like. And, you know. and a little bit, a little bit of inside baseball. You're what a full time student. Yeah. And uh, finals are coming up, people. So, yeah, uh, it's 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 understandable that you're a little behind on those. Uh-huh. Well, I, I have kind of a break right now. It's our Thanksgiving week off. I'm surprised uh, but, we're even recording because I thought you'd just be doing homework or podcasts. Oh, I, I should be, please. Or or Fallout Four. Uh, we 
yeah, this is, uh, that's Wait, that's been my rotation on. of life right now. Hold on, are you playing right now? No, no, no. Okay. No, but I was playing literally up to the to the point that we were. Uh, I I I stopped playing to eat and then came right to doing this. Makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it's Fallout Four is a great game. It's real good. All right, let's let's keep it moving. Let's get to uh, the the thing that comes now, which is uh, guess the ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Um, You're first. Yeah, so I will be guessing the ending for the film coming out uh, this week called Creed, directed by Ryan Coogler, the Coog, uh, starring mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, and Felissa Rashad. I thought she had more names, but maybe some of them are gone now. It's okay. Whoa. Wasn't she like Felicia, Felicia? Can I even speak? Rashad Jones? I, I don't know, but I mean, she was on the Cosby Show. That's the only reason. Only reason why I know her name. I can't even speak. I'm gonna wow. give up on speaking. Just, Bye. Please. Okay. <laughs> the former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. That's interesting. I didn't realize that in the description they and maybe that's a story point. You never know with these the things, fact right? That he's got a different name. Yeah, that he he doesn't take on his father's name. That 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 must be in the trailer there's a lot of parts where they say, You are you are in that name. That's your name. <laughs> no? Is that not good? You're a false creed. Which that, has so oh boy. Creed Creed is such an interesting word to use because oh, yeah. creed is creed is like a a, a lifestyle a promise uh-huh. a, a vow like wow uh-huh. yeah there's a here's the thing this i think this movie's gonna be amazing uh especially because here's here's how it's gonna end Please. um right so they train and uh, there's a whole thing where like oh no it looks like rocky is sick like he's not gonna make it um but okay so uh by the end of this film uh, Rocky's in a wheelchair. I'm sorry. He, he's what he's he's whatever sickness he has. It makes him, you know, become wheelchair bound. Wow, right? that's a real bummer. But yeah. okay, and double double hit a bummer. Um, he uh, uh, Adonis, he does not win the fight. Whoa. Uh, much echoing the same as the the original Rocky, he doesn't win the fight. And um. It's, 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 it seems real down, but coming to help Rocky, right, is his son. Rocky's son comes, comes in right at the end. What? Uh, Rocky Jr. Did you never even talk about him? Oh, he's in the last film. He's oh. in Rocky Balboa. He comes to help his father, and uh, he's played, he, he, the only reason why I know about him is because he's played by Milo Ventimiglia, who is Jess from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and, um... He comes in, and uh, then he sees this this uh, Donis character, and he goes, "Was my dad training you? Oh wow, he trained me. Let's go." And so now they become rivals, and that's what the next film will be, Rocky Junior versus Creed. Oh, I like this actor, Milo. Yeah. Yeah. So the end of this film sets it up for a sequel, where Rocky Junior will go head to head with with Creed. Wow. Yeah. 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 Then we, that, then we don't know who we want to win. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. This is my dream. If they do that, oh boy. 
Yeah, that's intense. It's really okay. All right, all right. that's the, it's not it's not my guest ending. So, no. um, I'm up next because I'm the only one here. Yeah, and you're. And, um, I'm going to tell you your your uh, IMDb description also has a weird incongruity with the title of the film. Right. Right. Uh, go go on, please. <laughs> Told from Igor's perspective. And by the way, this is Victor Frankenstein. Let me let me let me take a step back and yeah. tell you who's in this film. Victor Frankenstein. Directed by uh, Paul McGinnon. McGinnon? McGuigan. McGuigan. I don't know, I'm guessing. <sighs> that sounds better than what I was trying to do with my mouth. Uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe, James McAvoy, Jessica Brown Finley, and Andrew Scott. Um, told from Igor's perspective, we see the troubled young assistant's dark origins, his redemptive friendship with the young medical student Victor von Frankenstein, uh, spelled differently, by the way. And become uh, eyewitnesses to the emergence of how Frankenstein became the man and the legend we know today. Wow. Um, (laughs) So uh, the interesting thing about this is Igor's uh, dark origins are that uh, he tried to get into necromancy as a kid. And um, tried to bring his parents back from the dead uh, with with magic, Whoa. and created these weird, like ghastly, fake uh, versions of his parents. These ghouls, and they almost killed him. But uh, someone came and saved him, and uh, killed the ghouls. And he never really saw their face, but he he was kind of raised as an orphan and. In an orphanage, but uh, it wasn't those crappy ones that sell you to pirates. It was a good one where uh, <laughs> where uh, they they give you a good upbringing and they teach you things and and you know he he became a eighteen year old young man and and set out into the world and and decided you know what I, I messed up as a kid I'm never going to do that again I'm going to stay away from any type of necromancy we're trying to bring people back from the dead. And uh, but he's he's hard on his luck. He can't find a job, and eventually he answers a Craigslist ad from uh, a young doctor saying that he needs an assistance for some medical experiments. And he's he's really down on his luck. He can't pay his rent, and um, he shows up because he, he walks in thinking that he's going to be the one who's experimented on. Like he's he's this hard up for money. And um, uh, college students do this all the time, by the way. You hear about the drug trials on campus and stuff. People, people taking pills. I mean, it doesn't happen at our campus, but it does happen. Yeah, I was going to say. Campuses. Yeah, it does. It, it happens on medical school campuses. Say, Jordan, don't they, reveal the secrets. Uh, well, why do you think I'm uh, knee deep in the dinero, my friend? <laughs> uh, I, I participate in all drug trials. Um, but, uh, but he meets uh, young uh, Victor von Frankenstein, and and slowly realizes that this guy's trying to bring people back from the dead. And he sees the brilliance of this man, but he can also see that he's volatile. You know what I mean? He's, he's mm. definitely got a screw loose. And at this point, he, he's having a crisis of faith. He, he realizes that they're not doing necromancy. There's no magic happening. Um, hopefully the same thing won't happen. But also he realizes that Maybe his redemption was to help this guy out so he doesn't release ghouls onto the world like he did. You know, maybe he can be there because of his past and kind of help shepherd Frankenstein into doing it the right way. 
Um, but of course, hijinks ensue. Uh, the cops come looking for stolen body parts, and and they they eventually succeed. But uh, he isn't able to stop Frankenstein from bringing some evil stuff back. You know, things don't happen the way they want it to, and bad stuff happens. And eventually, um, someone comes to their rescue and saves them and tells them that if if they're going to if they're going to keep doing what they're doing, A, they need to make up for their mistakes by helping hunt down the things they've created and removing them from the earth because they're a danger to people. Um, but they also have to work for the organization that this, this strange figure who showed up. And um, they reluctantly agree. Uh, they can't see the guy's face because he wears a mask all the time. Um, <laughs> it's like this weird medieval, I would almost say like a uh, man behind the iron mask-esque looking. Mm. Not as restrictive. He can talk and everything. Maybe a little bit Victor Von Doom. Maybe in that direction. And How many Victor Vons are there in this film? There's a lot of them. Uh, they're all related. Distant cousin. And that's how names work, right? Yeah. And so by the end of the film, they're kind of... Fighting, fighting monsters here, you know, they're getting into it, they're, they're destroying evil, um, and eventually by the end of the film, uh, the, the, the masked man, we, we know it's a man at this point, uh, says at this point, because there's a, a tastefully, uh, tastefully shot full frontal nude at one point, so we know what to do. All right. And <laughs> I know it's, it's a lot of shadows though, right? Oh, tons of shadows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like a, a weirdly placed, a stapler, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and... And he says, uh, you guys did well. Your research is important, but it needs to be guided. Why don't you join my organization? And they agree, and he takes off his mask, and it's Hugh Jackman, the actor. And he says, uh, I work... That's how he introduces himself. Yeah, he says, I'm Hugh Jackman, the actor. Uh, I work for a secret organization. Uh, we hunt monsters. Um, you might know me as Gabriel, or uh, by my other name, Ben Helsing. And uh, they agree, and, and they, they put up their crime and monster-fighting capes because all the monsters were uh, embezzling money from their, uh, the companies they work for. So it was crime-fighting as well. And uh, at this point, uh, they agree to work for it. They start, start working for him. But at the end of the film, we find out that this isn't the story of Victor Frankenstein, even though his name is the title. Uh-huh. In fact... Um, it shows him happily working for this organization, and Eeyore is happy too because he's finally found the place where he's going to get some redemption uh, for you know all the bad stuff that happened in his past. But uh, they they lose Van Helsing. Van Helsing goes out on a mission, and uh, uh, they did never hear from him again. Um, but uh, he wakes up uh, years later on a farm, and everyone tells him that uh, they're like this long lost son, and uh, he can't remember anything. He has amnesia, of course. And uh, they tell him that he's the son of this uh, this uh, southern farmer because he ends up in America. Mm. And uh, they lie to him, uh, obviously, because uh, we just saw that he's Van Helsing. But uh, this is the first moment that he extends his bone claws because he's so angry. And uh, I think we all know how that story ends. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I guess now we can end the guessing. Indeed. Uh, that, that was quite a tale that you wove. Yeah. And, uh, I totally didn't just come up with that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, next week we will be reviewing the good dinosaur. Yup. Uh, but any of these other films could come up in Pixar, a bonus right? review. Yeah, it's a Pixar. Pixar. That's why we're doing it. I think. 
What do you mean? Because I really don't. I'm really not interested in seeing it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You want to do Frankenstein? No. No, I don't. No, I know. Me nope. either. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Creed. Creed and the yeah, Danish Girl, which Danish we didn't talk girl. about. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, just because we're not reviewing it, remember, uh, we do have bonus episodes we put out every once in a while. So Yeah, they're probably uh, going to increase in, in intensity as we come to the end of the year. Because, of, like I said earlier, you have finals coming up. Yeah, and just, I mean, so. holiday stuff gets real crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's this thing called Christmas. Yeah, and this thing called Thanksgiving uh, that's this week anyway. Uh, can, can we make a promise to review Star Wars? Yeah, uh, I don't know what we're going to do with that. I mean, Benson called it. So, yeah, but I think that might be its own, you know, three hour special is what I'm totally down because that. that's going to get real we can, we crazy. Can, we can break the format. Let's not. Yeah, let's let's do something good for that. One. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So come back next week for that. Uh, this has been episode 251 of Nerds Eye View. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, two suited dudes walk up to you. And they're pissing on the side of the street and dressed up like your favorite holiday cheery fat man. Don't pick a fight with him. I'm just saying, you know Ghost Protocol got a better Rotten Tomato rating than Rogue Nation? Uh, that makes sense. Uh, I, I liked Rogue Nation more than Ghost Protocol. I I think hmm, that's a tricky one. Yep, yep. No, I think I like Ghost Protocol better. Damn. Not by much. It's not like it's super better. It's they're about the same. All right. Oh, Jesus. I just hit the table. Uh <laughs> Discussion. Hey, I know you're angry, but calm down, buddy. Disc- it's time for the discussion. Don't turn into the Hulk. Uh, let's let's break this discussion right open with um, Mr. Green. Uh, is an angel? Hey, talk, talking about Mr. Green. Uh, where did the Hulk apply for college? Which fraternity? Oh God. Uh, oh, what Gamma 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 or something? Yeah, good job. I'm proud of you. Oh boy, I had to really reach into like a like a, a brain storage like, unit wait, there. What do I what do I know about the Hulk? Uh, wait, well, not wait, the Hulk. Wait. What do I know about um, fraternities? <laughs> <laughs> you had to go the other way. That's funny. Yeah. Um, my please, my Hulk knowledge is good enough. It's it's you know. It's the fraternities. It's Greek life, as they call it. Ugh. Ugh. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Green is an angel. Well, and that's he's, he's a, a Christmas angel. He's a Christmas angel specifically. Yeah. Sent there by uh, Santa. Santa. <laughs> Santa, who is Tracy Morgan? And he called him Dad. Yeah, Tracy Morgan he, is Santa. Everyone. He's related to Tracy Morgan, Santa. Yes. And it, it's his job to go to Earth and perform Christmas. Christmas and miracles. That's, that's how elves graduate. I don't know. I don't know either, but I love. That his, but the thing about Christmas angels, you think of Christmas angels of other movies, and it's like, oh yeah, they make children believe, or oh yeah, they help people going through hard times. And I mean, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going through a hard time, but selling them weed and and uh, you know, <laughs> getting them to go to a party—that's such well, a strange thing. For 
huh? 20 years or whatever. Oh, yeah. He, he's like, oh, you know that? You know the Great Gatsby? <laughs> I love uh-huh. that speech at the end. That not, was not insane. Yet, but he also, he also said, I love the movie, but 3D make, gives me headaches yeah. or something. That was, that was nuts. But I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Leo. That was nuts. That was crazy. Nope. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a good actor, and he made that part really interesting. He he said that uh, his quiet intensity sometimes uh, bothers people or something, and that yeah. that describes his character perfectly. He's quietly intense at all uh-huh. times. Uh, now, I do want to say about his character. So when he first, uh, the first person who comes to him is uh, Anthony Mackie's character, right? And uh, he says to Mackie that this is the the weed of Christmas present or something like that. Yeah, and that bothered me just for a little bit because if you're going to go by Christmas Carol style, you start with past, then you go to present, then you go to future. But it makes sense. But, yeah. But narratively, of course that's, that makes so much more sense. Cause that's what he needs. He needs to be in the present. Yeah. And then for Seth Rogen, he needs to look into the future and then for, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's remembering the past. Yeah. And but that was should... such a, that was such a big laugh when it came back and Michael Shannon was, was crying. He was like, that was so good, man. That was so yep. funny. Like he saw the the flashback. Yeah. The but I really enjoyed because up to up to that point because nothing really crazy happy happens in the car with Anthony Mackie. Mm. He 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 takes the hit and everything kind of there's like a, a bright light uh-huh. and then nothing happens and he's like well what was what was that and he was like it just happened it's happening now mm-hmm. and you're like you're like oh okay whatever you know this is just being weird or whatever yeah and then he says tell isaac i'll see him later yeah 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 and then at that point i was like what <laughs> yeah yeah that's the first hint that shit's about to get weird yeah and i love he says what and instead of saying never mind he goes tell isaac i'll see him later he says it again <laughs> not like i'm being cryptic but like yeah literally just tell isaac i'll see him later <laughs> and, and anthony mackie never does it he gets out of the car and no. goes the weirdest shit that's ever happened to me let's go yeah and then what what do they need but later on isaac says i'll go yep yeah that was good stuff and it, well and i also kind of i kind of thought when mr green said oh i'm throwing a party do you want to come i thought is he throwing the nutcracker ball like that that connection was made for me yeah just because i mean it's the simplest connection and i think i think it's hinting at that but then you're like uh uh well yeah because you don't really know what to make of him or the party yeah, because he's so. just kind of in this grungy car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, there's the, that movie is the is so funny, and that the now I'm remembering because he says um, there's a whole I don't I don't think this joke was as good. I'm gonna I'm gonna see see I'm gonna feel you out on this. So there was a whole running thing where one of the other so Anthony Mackie is a f- uh, football player, yep. and the one of his teammates is called the Messiah. Oh, and yeah. at the very that's blasphemous. Yeah, and well, it, Mr. Green says, "Oh, that's blasphemous." I only believe in one Messiah, which I think is hinting that he's an angel. But yeah. now that I think about it, but then later on in the film, the, like the the running, like finally that running gag pays off in a sense, where the Jewish guy accidentally crucifies him. him. But yeah. I thought that's not that funny. Like I was like, "Is this the payoff? Really? Like that that's was biblical justice, homie." I just thought, uh, well. I don't know. That didn't quite get get a get a good rise out of me. I think Seth Rogen's reaction was really funny, where he goes, "No, not again." I think that I was think funny. That joke pays off because of the earlier scene with Seth Rogen 
is saying that he didn't do that. His people didn't do that to Jesus. Well, yeah, I like. I, I think th- I think that joke pays off because of the earlier scene. I like if Rogan's reaction. That, oh, it's fantastic, and but, it's because of that earlier scene in the church. Yeah. After he he had he experiences that, that's what makes that joke pay off. If you don't have that earlier scene and you just have the earlier thing about one true Messiah and blasphemy mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then you have him getting crucified later, it doesn't make any sense. It's stronger with the scene in the church. Mm-hmm. I also have to say I really enjoyed um, the character, uh, what was it, Anthony Mackey's uh, mother? What's his name? Oh, Chris, she was great. Chris Roberts? Yeah. yeah. His mother was um, like really funny and not, and again, like an unexpected character style where it wasn't like a very, she wasn't like uptight. She was, she was really cool with everything that was <laughs> going on. And it wasn't and like she, she was, was super mad at him for not saying that he was in town. Yeah, she was just this like sweet mom. Mm-hmm. It's just, and she was she had like poignant, wise things to say. It was good. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about the Nutcracker Ball. I love them getting into it. Where it's like a it's like a little storefront. They show the tickets yeah. and the guy goes, "Follow me." Yep. That. And it's like, and then they go through the they go through the freezer. Uh huh. And then they then there's a little train with a conductor. <laughs> Oh shit! And he says all aboard. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the party, uh, I mean, it's just like this big warehouse party, but there's you know there's a lot going on, um, and like uh, Miley Cyrus is there. And then here's the payoff of uh, so when the phones get mixed up with Seth Rogen, the the payoff oh, yeah. is the James. And I, I kind of figured that this James character would be a reveal. It's and, James Franco, and it's James Franco. It's and literally that's so James funny Franco. to me that <laughs> it's literally James Franco. Yeah. And he was like, he was super into Seth Rogen. <laughs> yes. Was, and uh, poor. Oh, so we haven't even talked about Mindy Kaling. Um, yeah. Who, and when she's in the trailer, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be good. And in the film, she's amazing. She's kind she's, of like a, a weird rival for Seth Rogen in a sense uh-huh. because she's, they swap their phones. And she's the counterpoint friend yeah. to Seth Rogen. She's like, exactly his counterpoint in the position of like the girl group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that James Franco's into both of them. That's, oh yeah. That's so he's funny. like, I love it. He, he, first he's like commenting on how good the beard looks. Uh-huh. No. And the look oh. that Mindy Kaling gives Seth Rogen when they oh. go to, when they go to dance, that oh killed me. Cause that look, I don't, I don't everybody know if in the theater, everyone in the theater just lost it when she looked at him like that, like, Oh crap. Uh, I don't know if you've ever given that look to someone, but then mm-hmm. she nailed that look. That look was so good. Oh my so. God. Uh, and I think that's, that's really a testament to like, this is a comedy that is willing to take its time a little because mm-hmm. the camera really gives you enough time to enjoy that look. It's a completely wordless, uh, you know, they don't throw a gag in there. It's just like, here's a, this is her reacting and that alone is funny. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Like I, I said earlier about the the Shining reference was just for me. When he says, you know, have you have you girls seen The Shining or whatever? And then it cuts. You know, the camera just has this perfectly framed shot of these and twin it just, girls. It just sits there. It just sits there, and I just and frames died them laughing. perfectly. Yeah, because they're sitting on this like older sofa and everything. It is perfect. Yeah, and it lets you kind of drink in the whole scene. Yeah, this. This was not, this is a funny film and it was, you know, it was shot very well. Yeah, I agree completely. 
Uh, all right, so the party. Uh, what happens at the party? A mean, lot of things happen at the party. Yeah, I don't know what else, where else to go besides. Uh, I did. Yeah, we get a. Hmm. I I mean I kind of found. Uh, the whole thing where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was also not only I mean, in a larger sense, he's trying to get over his parents dying so close to Christmas, but in a smaller mm-hmm. sense, uh, he's dealing with a, a breakup where he didn't yeah. want to get to know her family. Yeah, because of the commitment issues that he has from, like he doesn't have a family. Yeah, I think that's that's really it's not so much a commitment issue as so much as a like a a, a weird not family jealousy but like a like this is he has he had a family and he lost it and now he has his friends who are his family and uh-huh. I, I don't know if he can take on you know if he's willing to take on another family so to speak and 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 he's so happy with this family that he yeah. feels like he's losing already yeah because it, it it i mean one of the main things about this film is this is their last time that they're doing it yeah well last time know, they're doing the, the party scene style well, yeah, because it's a it's a tradition. They do the same things every night. Yeah, which they you kind of you kind of you figure that, but then they really spell it out for you in the flashback. Yeah, where in the and, flashback they lay out each thing that they already did that night, and you're like, oh wow, that's that's the thing they do every night. And and it, and it makes sense too because like he replaced, I mean, literally, literally and figuratively, figuratively uh, replaced his parents with his group of friends. Yeah, and now he feels like it's losing them. Yep. And then now he's got this new set of parents that he's going to meet and he, he doesn't want to have to do another replacement. And, and he also doesn't want to, I, I think it comes down to the fact that he cares about her so much that he doesn't want to get rejected by her parents mm. because then that's even worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's just, it's all of, it's his fear of all of these things that's stopping him from moving forward and, and he's regretted it ever since. It's obvious when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing that I almost wasn't super into, but they kind of make up for it. Um, so he, he wants to win back this, this ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of seems like she might be into him still, but you're not really sure. Um, and then at the very end, when, when they f- talk about it, uh, she says, you know, I, was, I, I always asked about you with, you know, with their mutual friend. And mm-hmm. she was kind of, you know, trying to follow him or find him on that night. And, and hope it, she was hoping that he was, he was changing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the way he was, he couldn't, he couldn't be the man that she wanted him to be. So she knew, I mean, kind of a good lesson. Like people stay in relationships, hoping people will change. And like, I mean, I don't want to make a wide sweeping judgment here, but that usually doesn't work. Yeah. And and she gave him the space that he needed to kind of come to the realization on his own because people mm-hmm. don't change it until they make the decision to do it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and she she was giving him the space to do that, and we find that out by the end of the film, and that's it's kind of smart. You know what I mean? I, I really like that the film's kind of making that message without throwing it in your face. Hmm. Um. But he almost messes it up by singing with Miley Cyrus and then proposing to her. <laughs> I, I super loved that, where it's um, he's he's like, oh, he just wanted to dedicate a song to her, and She's Miley like, Cyrus no. is like, oh, you want to propose? And he's like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that a was much right. She's like, no, go all the way. Yeah, she totally eggs him on, and then yeah, that's it's real good. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think she, and I think she was really good in the film. I think sometimes you worry about when they get a, you know, a musician to either play themselves or even play a role. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, mm, I don't know, they're not really made for acting. Like, I think people are having Lady Gaga troubles right now. Yeah. Because uh, she's on, what is it, American Horror Castle? American Horror Times? Uh, hotel, I think it is. Sure. Motel. American Holiday, Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn, scary style. American Holiday Inn. Uh, whatever that show is. But she was also in, uh, were you there for that review when we reviewed Sin City, A Dame to Kill For? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And she... Um, she's in that for like two seconds i don't know it's, yeah, i'm trying seconds. to think of recent like but but i mean i don't know i never watched hannah montana so i don't know if her acting was ever actually good on that mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's, it's, she's she's of course more known as a actress than a or as a singer than an actress i think these days definitely yeah so there's that funny joke she's like no call me hannah yeah she's like no i'm being weird i had too many too much to drink <laughs> yeah i'm drunk um but yeah i think I think this is this is a really good film. Oh yeah. Can I just say that like a hundred times? Yep. I mean they all take beautiful journeys, you mm-hmm. know. Uh Anthony Mackie's character is so caught up with like living the life and, and becoming a superstar and, and trying to make people like that and, and be famous and he's kinda lost sight of what he cared about when he was younger and then he by the end of the film he's kinda rejected all that and he's just spending time with his mom quiet and alone and they've had a heart to heart where they both kind of understand what they care about mm-hmm. in terms of their relationship and what they want. And that's just a beautiful end to that story. But then we also have, well, I think also with Anthony Mackie, he realizes who his true friends are. He, he's been right. trying so hard to impress his teammates and, who and Joseph never cared about him. Film says you used to hate people like that. Yeah. 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 It's great. And then, and then for Seth Rogen, he finally comes to terms with the fact that he's been lying to himself this whole time. Being really strong for his wife, who is pregnant and about to have a kid, and like he's mentally breaking down from putting on this front and being strong for her. Yeah. And they have a beautiful moment where, uh, I mean, it kind of uh, it seemed like you you didn't enjoy it as much as the uh, beautiful moment between him and James Franco, but uh, <laughs> they have a great moment where they watch that video and they're just laughing about it, or she's laughing about it, and she's going like, "No, I've." I've come to terms with this. I've been freaking out the whole time. But you know what? I'm I'm finally getting to a place where like, I understand what's going on and I'm ready. And you know what? It's okay that you're freaking out because I can be your rock now. Well, yeah. And, and it was kind of like, you know, you're. thank goodness you're freaking out because I've been freaking out. And yeah. if you weren't, then I, you know, it weird. makes me feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. So thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think, I didn't enjoy that as much because both, I mean, in a structural sense, I kind of figured that she wouldn't hate him for that because yeah. it was so close to the end of the film. I was like, they can't, you know, they can't start this whole thing now. Yes. And just from all the ways that the different plots went throughout the film, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, it, at that point, I expected the opposite of what we, we expect to happen. Okay. So I mean I I liked it fine, but it, it just, was it was too safe for you. It it just it made sense. It was the it was the the logical as the film had put it out for me. Following yeah. of of see, she would me, see the film, she would see that little video he made and go, oh yeah, you're you're cool. See for me, I kind of like that though because everything that happens with Anthony and Mackie is logical. The way that ends up, everything that happens with Seth Rogen is logical. Everything that happens with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, now that he's 
kind of come to terms with what's going on, and he realizes that he just needs to relax and let it happen and be true to himself and be true to her, and that's when she finally accepts him back into her life. Because uh, Mindy, earlier in the film, was just like, he, she just wanted you to do normal boyfriend stuff. Like, just be normal. Mm-hmm. And he, he says the comment that is like, he's, he's great at making excuses. He's doing everything he can to avoid anything that could possibly hurt him, yeah. including just being a normal boyfriend. Yeah. And, um, and he comes to terms with that, and they're together, and that's logical. But that's okay, because guess what? We have the crazy Christmas elf and <laughs> Tracy Morgan Santa, and that's where we get our craziness from, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie's so good. It was real good. Uh, anything else for discussion? No, no. I'm just happy it was actually funny. Super, super surprised about all the magical realism because the trailer doesn't hint at it at all. Nope. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. If that was in the trailer, I would have felt disappointed. I would have been mm-hmm. like, this, there's this weird Christmas movie, and there's like, there's like Tracy Morgan Santa. Like, this is weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but making it a surprise making it a reveal it made it it made it special and yeah definitely definitely worth a watch definitely a good a good christmas movie Mm -hmm. Uh, all right so that's it for our discussion if you've listened this far thank you this podcast is a part of the benview network you can find this and other podcasts like it at benviewnetwork.com